ladies, welcome. Hello, hello. Is everybody ready for some Jesus now after having a lot of ice cream in your bellies? I'll have to include in the prayer tonight the um, relief of intestinal issues. As some of us went extra hard on our toppies. I'm glad, I'm glad and I hope that you enjoyed. Uh, so we're going to start off tonight with some prayer and then we're going to just dive right into the word. So Lord, we just come to you right now and I'm just so very grateful. Uh, we just give you all the praise and all the glory. I thank you that we have this amazing opportunity to gather together as ladies. Uh, may friendships be built. Uh, may we grow and learn and mature in our relationship with you. And I just place you at the forefront and the focus of this evening um, that you will just um, be my words and my thoughts, my attitude, my tone, Lord, um, and that each lady will um, not be distracted by anything, um, but that we really can dive into your word and learn the truths that you have for each of us specifically. So we honor you, we praise you, and we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to start tonight by looking at James 1, 2 through 4. And this is what it says. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So a couple of years ago, I experienced a trial at work that thankfully produced the endurance that James speaks about in this verse. Now the following comments that I'm going to read were said about me on social media. She stinks. She's irrelevant. Let's fight her. What time are we jumping the lady? Beat her or I will. You better kick her in the head. If she goes missing or gets hit by a bus, it wasn't me. Now this is just a sampling of what I read. Most of the comments were too vulgar and inappropriate for me to read um, out loud. I don't even want to let my closest friends read them. They're so, so foul. So basically, I had a student who asked me if they could do something, and I said no. Um, they were unhappy about my decision, and they proceeded to complain and bash me to others, especially on social media. And I, I'm going to speak very vaguely about the incident to respect the privacy of those involved. Um, but what I can say about the situation is that I experienced days of uneasiness and of attack. I was suffering through confusion and anger and uncertainty. Um, I had to report the situation. Um, I had to actually watch my surroundings. Um, I had concerns that my job was in jeopardy, that my reputation would be damaged, um, and that even that I might receive physical harm. Now, despite what this particular student thought, I try to follow, follow school rules and to show all my students kindness, yet I was called names and I was threatened. Um, I fought heavily through doubt that I had done something bad or I was what they were saying about me. I wasn't treated well by some of my superiors and it all deeply hurt. Um, it was uncomfortable, but thankfully it also grew me and I had to endure through that situation. I had to endure in my relationship with God and endure in this particular trial. And this is but one example of endurance at play in my life. And I use it often 
as one of my references when I experience present trials or sufferings or the possibility of persecution. So tonight we're going to focus heavily on this word endure, um, a word that is shown multiple times in scriptures. And you'll see that I've included several definitions because I really want us to fully grasp this concept, the idea to endure as a Christ follower. So to endure means this, to continue in the same state, last, to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding, to undergo, especially without giving in, persevere, absolutely and emphatically under misfortune and trials, to hold fast onto one's faith in Christ, to bear bravely and calmly. Now, each of us has many stories of times that we've experienced some sort of difficulty. Um, As James puts it in the verse that we read, trials, other places in scripture will say sufferings or persecution. And I know that many of us, if not all of us, go through trials of various kinds pretty much on on a consistent basis. And so often when we think of that word endure, it holds a very negative meaning, a very negative connotation. Um, We look at it as that concept of endure, meaning that we're just going to have to get through by whatever means possible, and that it's going to be unpleasant, it's going to be draining, it's inconvenient, and oftentimes we hold a pretty bad attitude about it. Yet in a biblical context, one who endures continues in relationship with God, remains firm, steady, and unwavering during troubles. Difficulties and trials, sufferings, they don't have to always be bad. Of course, we don't want them. Of course, they hurt. They're not ideal. But God has a purpose for those times in our life. And we can continue to love the Lord, to love other people, and have the promise of joy and peace in our life. Looking at 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. So encouraging. If we endure, we will also reign with him. So we're going to look at three main areas of endurance that we want to be aware of, we want to reflect on. Uh, So with God, we endure first in the continued fostering and growth of our relationship with him. With God, we endure in the continued fostering and growth of our relationship with him. Second, with God, we endure in the sufferings and persecution for our faith. The sufferings and persecution for our faith. And finally, with God, we endure in the various trials of life. And we know there can be many. Um, As James 5, 10 through 11 says this, As an example, brothers and sisters, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. 
So the first one, going into some depth here. With God, we endure in the continued fostering and growth of our relationship with him. Now, I put this one first on purpose because without God, we can't endure the other stuff. We can't even look at the persecutions and the sufferings and the trials if we're not first looking at God. In a biblical sense, enduring and having joy and peace and hope and assurance. Because if we're enduring without God, it's ugly and it's painful. But with God, enduring is powerful and purposeful. We want to continue in a constant state of being with God, to be unwavering and firm with our relationship. Now, too often, people are only loving and seeking God during the bad times. Um, And if we're doing that, we're missing the whole point of what Christ has done for us. Too often, we're looking at self-help or ways to distract ourselves from our sorrows. For some of us, complaining is our choice. Um, We choose anything we can to cope with the anger, the fear, the sadness, because those things become our focus um, over Christ. When God should actually be the top uh, priority. And we see in Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. There were many times in my work situation where all I could do was hold on to God. That if everything got as worse as it could get, if my reputation was ruined, if I lost my job, if I ended up on the news, because people want to destroy other people when they're mad at them, if someone came through on one of those threats, my mom even had came up to the school to walk, watch me as I walked out of the building. If someone came through on the threats, if, they, if, if everything was stripped away, I still had God. If everything changed, I still had everything I needed. And it wasn't easy, and I know what you're going through is not easy. But with God... We can walk through whatever situation you are going through. Um, And before we keep looking at our next ones, is there something you need to surrender to God? An insecurity, a doubt, a fear, a worry, loneliness that keeps you from enduring in relationship with him. If you're still in the same place with God as you were a year ago, a month ago, yesterday, then we're not maturing in our relationship with him. I know more about my best friends now than I did when I met them. That's supposed to be the same concept with God. And I had like this, you know, idea in my head. If we imagine the stage as our current situation, fill in the blank, whatever it is. It could be a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe you're like... I read the Bible only once a week, but I want to read it every day. So your once a a week is here, and the sound booth back there is I'm reading it every day. Or here's your situation, I'm absolutely heartbroken. Something has happened to you, but you're like, I want to be over there. I want to be over there. Too often what we do is we start, like, there's my goal. That's where I'm going. That's, That's where it's at. And we start going to the stairs and we're walking down the stairs to go to our next thing. And we're like, okay, God, you're, you're going on those stairs. Okay, great. I'll see you when we get over there. And it's like, why? Why? Instead, 
we should be allowing God to hold us up here to help us. I didn't wear the right shoes for, for this, so I'm not going to actually do it. And we don't let him help us off the stage and then walk over to the sound booth. Why are we having this big, huge disconnect between where we are and where we want to be? And as many of you know, the Olympics have been going on, and I only really watch the swimming competition. And I think if I had ever been athletic, which I'm not, then I think I could have been good in the swimming competition because it's indoors and also because nothing is getting thrown at you. So there's no like tennis ball, there's no softball, there's no volleyball. I'm very bad with the hand eye coordination. Like I couldn't even like do this and like the the mic's going over here. Uh, So I'm like swimming though. I could stay in the lane. I could have done it. (laughs) So I'm watching the swimming competitions and there is one of the athletes for the U.S. that's Katie Ledecky. If y'all have been watching some of you're like, yeah, she's pretty legit. She's been considered right now the greatest, like potentially of all time female swimmer. She took multiple medals. And so while they were doing the uh, competition, they showed her little bio. And it's been estimated that since her childhood, she has put a little less than 22,000 miles of swimming. A little less than 22,000 miles of swimming. I'm like, well, duh, that's why she's the best. Got golds, silvers, just, I'm just like, she's a fish, okay? Let, little less than 22,000 miles of swimming. I'm just like, mind blown. And I thought to myself as I watched her win, I was like, the thing that she's most dedicated to, that she's most passionate about, her primary focus in her, her life is swimming, And she lives it, she breathes it every day. She's in the gym, every day she's in the pool. She even focuses her diet and her her lifestyle, her sleeping patterns around her primary goal and focus. And I was like, if this girl can do this for swimming, what am I doing over here if I'm saying that God is my number one focus and my primary, and am I putting in 22,000 miles? And, you know, it's not to like hate on any of us, but if we're saying that Christ is our primary focus, where our whole entire life revolves around, then are we putting in the steps needed to have the outcome that we want, to actually endure, to actually love God, to actually love our other na- our, our neighbor, um, to actually move from the suffering to victory. Well, you can, you can have victory in the suffering. Um, so we move on now. Endure with your relationship with God. That's, I, none of the rest that what I say tonight is going to work if you're not enduring in your relationship with God. If you're not in the word, if you're not praying, if you're, if you're not um, allowing yourself to be around believers. So we move on to the next two. And before we even talk about the next two of enduring and suffering and trials and persecution, I have to address the common question that everybody wants to ask. Why? Why do we suffer? Why do we have trials? It would seem a lot better if we didn't have to, right? Who wants to actually be heartbroken? Who actually wants to have a major injury or a health issue? Nobody does. 
We have to remember, though, we have to look at the life that we have on this earth from that godly perspective. It's easy sometimes for us to understand the first one. Well, duh, why I have to continue growing and fostering my relationship with God. We get that because we have to do that in an earthly sense. Like you do that with your children. You do that with your significant other. You do that with your friends. You have to do it with your employees if you don't want to go crazy around them. But when it comes to the whole aspect of, well, trials and sufferings, there's the why. We have to remember sin is in the world. So we are called to be light in the dark. Also, there's consequences for our actions. Some of us are still saying things we shouldn't be saying and doing things that we shouldn't be doing and wondering why we're like not seeing good results. Um, God is also growing us. You won't be better if you don't overcome anything. And then one that I just love, if you need to have an answer to the why, is because it's the sufferings and the trials, it's an opportunity for God's glory to be manifested to the world that needs him. And I love in John 9, 1 through 3, this is Jesus at play. And it says, as he passed by, he saw a a man, excuse me, blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. And Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. The works of God might be being displayed in you, and you're like fighting it, and you're not enduring in your relationship with Christ, and it's not being able to be shared with others. So, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. So now we look at with God, our second one, we endure in the sufferings and persecution for our faith. Repeatedly in the Bible, men and women suffered for their faith and we are told that the same will happen to us. We are called to spread the gospel. 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul says this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We always want to talk about the awesome promises of God. And here, this is a guarantee. If it's said in the Bible, it's a guarantee. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. This isn't meant to deter us from wanting to serve the Lord, but to be able to shift our perspective to how we live um, as Christ's followers in the midst of sufferings and persecution and trials. We have to endure as we witness, as we preach, as we teach, as we stand for truth, whether it is received well or whether we experience some sort of persecution. And just to make a clarification for that word persecution, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're being beheaded or stoned, although that is happening in the world. We're probably not going to see that here in Arlington, Texas. Um, But I mean, I don't know where the world is going to go. But what persecution can mean and quite often does mean for lots of us is it's to be harassed or punished in a manner designed to injure you, to grieve, to afflict, to annoy, attack, curse, torment. We, we can clearly understand this word bullying and this can come from your family, your friends, your coworkers, and even people in the church. For my situation, it was heavily um, placed on social media. So we want to 
continue to serve the Lord, even if that means we're going to have people that don't like us, even if that means we're going to have a name said to us that's not nice. And I have to pause here to ask, if you are not, or you have never experienced a persecution for your faith, are you always standing for God? Okay, so if, you've, if you never have, or you currently aren't, like you can't, I read the list and you're like, well, I've never been, I've never been any of those things. Is it because, are you standing for God when you're not in this room, when you're not in this building? Um, because I'm telling you, when you start standing for God, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like it. Those of you that do this very well in your workplaces, do this very well at the grocery store, you know. Like, when you're light exposing someone's sin, that's not, that's not going to be received well. Okay, so we want to be people that are enduring in the sufferings and the persecution for our faith. It's okay. It's okay. And third... With God, we endure in the various trials of life. Notice I put this one last, but most of the time we put this one first. (laughs) That we're like, what do I have to do right now? I have to try and survive my current trial. So we want to endure in the various trials of life. And this could be a whole range of things. We have to endure in the life stuff of sickness, financial issues, unemployment, relationship woes, heartbreak, major changes. And then let's just not forget like the people we have to be around, what they say, what they do. And I really think a lot of us need to hear, sometimes myself included, it's okay to hurt. It is okay to hurt. Okay. A kid falls down. It is okay if they're hurting because there is blood coming out of the gash on their head. That is okay. But it's what we do with the hurt and how we live life from it. Our sufferings and persecutions, trials, problems, they all have a purpose for us and for others. I can definitely empathize more and love families better who are plagued with cancer. Since most of you know, my mom has been battling cancer for eight years Okay, so that is one of the things she endures in her life. But how beautiful it is for me to actually understand when another person comes and tells me, my sister just got diagnosed. And lots of you have that same situation, a sickness that has happened to you, a death that has happened uh, to you, a trouble at work that's happened to you. You are like another person needs you because you've done it first. You've endured it first. Romans 5, 2 through 5 says this. Through him we've also obtained access by faith into his grace, in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. So we can't endure if there's not suffering. Rejoicing in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, Endurance produces character. I sure want that. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and has been given to us. Pastor David Jeremiah says it like this. Character never changes when situations change. Character never changes when situations change. Our character, our integrity, our values, that which we hold dear from the Bible should not change when our situation changes. We don't want a normal time of struggle. We don't want a normal time of struggle, something that 
people have to go through to turn into a long-term disconnect from God. Okay? We don't want a normal trial or struggle that it's part of the life stuff to disconnect us from God. So let's take a moment. I want you to recognize what it is that you need to endure in. What are you currently having to endure? Many of us already know. Like the moment I put the first, power, the first bullet points up there, the three things, you were like, oh, like you know. There's some of us walking around not feeling right. We don't even know why we don't feel right. Okay, so we're just going to take a few seconds. I'm going to drink a little bit of my water. It's, not, it's okay to be awkward. What are you currently having to endure in the continued fostering and growth of your relationship with with God, in the sufferings and persecutions for your faith, or in the various trials of life. So just everybody take a little moment. We're going to be encouraged. 1 Peter 2, 19, 21 says this. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrow while suffering unjustly. For what, excuse me, what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it that you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So we can endure by modeling after how Jesus endured. And if you need some more encouragement before we talk about the practical ways to endure, let's remember that we can endure first because the Lord's love endures. The Lord's love endures. First uh, Chronicles 16, 34 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. So we know the Lord's love endures. We also know that the word of the Lord endures. And I love this verse so much. 1 Peter 1, 24 through 25. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flowers of grass. The grass withers. The flowers fall off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And finally, the biggest reason why we know that we can endure is because Christ endured the cross. Christ endured the cross. Hebrews 12, um, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witness surrounding us, Let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so entangles us. And let's run with endurance the race that's set before us, regardless of what your race is. Let's run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking only at Jesus, the originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I'm excited that I can endure because I know that the 
uh, love of the Lord endures. I know his word endures. I know I can trust it. And I know that he endured the cross, that he paid that price for me. So then we have to now get to our part, the practical aspect. How do we actually endure if we want to improve our relationship with Christ, if we are suffering because of some sort of persecution for our faith, or if we are having a trial of life, where do we go from here so we don't get stuck in this ugly pit, that we're not constantly living in the agony? So we see Paul teaches this in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And he says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer person is decaying, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So how do we endure? We see very clear steps in this section of the Bible. Verse 16, we focus on the inner person. We focus on the inner person. This is how we endure. Now, this doesn't mean that we neglect the outer person, (laughs) but some of us are focusing so much on the outer person and not on the inner person. We want to value spiritual strength over physical Value a relationship with God over anything else. And if you need more encouragement about this one, focusing on the inner person. Uh, Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Also, second here in verse 17, we value the future glory over the present suffering. We value the future glory of the present suffering. This is a huge attitude change. This is a huge perspective shift. When we can say, I can look to Christ and not look so um, heavily at my situation. So we're going to focus on the inner person. We're going to value the future glory over the present suffering. And finally, in verse 18, we're going to look at what is unseen, the eternal people's souls, over the scene, over the earthly matters, that in the grand scheme of our eternity, of our salvation, it doesn't really matter. That sounds insensitive at times, right? Because it does matter, but it doesn't matter in comparison to what is to come, of what God wants for you and what he wants you to do in your life. So we're focusing on the inner person. We value the future glory over the present sufferings, and we look at what is unseen over what is seen. Um, In regards to valuing the future glory over the present suffering, Romans again, 8.18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. That's Bible. That didn't come from Amanda. Uh, Colossians 3.1 and 2. Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are, are on this earth. Now listen, doing all these things, it doesn't mean that the bad ends. We just deal with the bad appropriately. Okay, this isn't, this isn't like solution, now life is great. Because you're focusing on the inner person. You're valuing the future glory or you're looking at what's unseen. But now we're doing it 
God's way, the way that he intended, where we truly are embracing what his word says of uh, peace and joy and loving other people. So we do all these things by reading the word, by praying, by obeying. I feel like I say it every single time I talk, but that is the solution. Some of you are still coming like the same as when I saw you last because you didn't read your Bible. You didn't pray. You didn't obey. You didn't worship. And I'm like, I have the answer for you. Somebody just take it. Somebody just endure it, okay? Like, I need somebody to do that. Um, and he can help you because it's, it is hard. And Jennifer Rothschild says this. She's an author and a speaker. Being in his word won't keep all the dirt, dirt and dinges of this world away from you. It won't. But being in his word will keep all the dirt and dinges of this world from tarnishing your beauty and weakening your stability. His living and active word restores you every single day. We don't control the path. All we control is our attitude and actions on the path. So if your path is a little rough, which whose isn't, come on. (laughs) Instead of questioning the path, trust the guide. Stay in the word, and you will stay in his will. It's good stuff. We don't deny or act like trials or suffering aren't a thing. Okay, I'm not like asking you to be delusional, or some of us live in the false sense of reality. Uh, But we're going to hold a godly perspective about them, taking our eyes and our thoughts off of the present pain and looking to the future glory. Because how different would our life be when we prioritize the Savior over the struggle? The situation, the trial, the persecution. Listen, remember, problems are always present. It's just, it just is. Problems are always present. We see uh, John 15, 18 through 19. This is Jesus talking. If the world hates you, know that it's hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Some of you know that because you were in the world and God transformed your life. But because you're not of the world... But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So problems are always present, but hope is always here. Hope is always here. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10 says this. We have this treasure in earthen containers, so that the extraordinary greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Stop trying to do it for yourself. We are afflicted in every way. But we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not despairing. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. Always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. It's easy for us to start looking more at the problem and less at the hope. Okay, let's just admit that, right? I've done that over and over and over again. I look more at the problem and I look less at the hope. And it should never be that our suffering, our trial, our difficulty, it in any way diminishes or keeps us from our purpose of loving God and of loving other people. Ever. None of these things have the power to take away the joy or peace that God says we have in having relationship with him. Don't let the hard times keep you from growing your relationship with God. We want to engulf ourselves regardless of the situation. Our struggle should not be our primary focus. Some of you have to hear that today. 
our struggle, our situation should not be our primary focus, what we're looking at. If you're experiencing continued emotional distress because of your suffering or your trial, then it's because you are not surrendering and being obedient. You are not putting your full trust in God's promises that in spite of the guaranteed sufferings of this life, peace, joy, and hope are ours. Which then leads us to look less at the situation and more at the Savior. Look less at the situation and more at the Savior. So often I have said, I need to change. I need to change. I make it about how I can solve the problem (laughs) than looking to Jesus. Instead, I need to saturate myself in God because he renews. Of course, I need to put in effort in my relationship with God, but he's the one that changes us. So to endure means I'm being a follower and an ambassador for Christ, even in the midst of my situation. To endure is to say, I'm putting my trust in God. Therefore, I'm not wavering. I'm not living in the pit. I'm not defeated because there's always victory in Christ. Christ dying on the cross and all that it represents always reigns above the earthly stuff. Always. The worst sickness, the worst heartache, the worst financial situation, the worst drama, you fill in your blank, can't stand against the victory that is God. And you putting your reliance in God, you're able to endure. And what a beautiful thing it is to walk around with problems, those things that the world deems so ugly, and still be able to have freedom and light coming out of you. That feels so much better than the weight of anxiety or fear or worry or finding other things to help you cope with it. Remember that God does not always give us what we want, but he sure does give us what we need. Because in the midst of the desert, we continue to serve him. So we look less at the situation and more at the Savior. Let's make it super, super personal. I'm going to look less at what? Fill in the blank. And more at the Savior. I'm going to look less at the situation and more at the Savior. To be quite honest, some of us got to say it out loud. We got to say it in the car. We got to say it in the shower. We got to say it when the worship team starts singing. We got to say it in our heart. We got to write on a sticky note. We got to put it as a screenshot on our, our, on our camera. Um, I'm going to look less at the worry and more at the Savior. I'm going to look less at the sickness and more at the Savior. I'm going to look less at the pain and more at the Savior. I'm going to look less at my finances and more at the Savior. I'm going to look less at my kid drama and more at the Savior. I'm going to look less at the grief and more at the Savior. I'm going to look less at the sickness and more at the Savior. I'm going to look less at the hurt and more at the Savior. I'm going to look less at the situation and more at the Savior. Let's look less at everything else and more at the Word like it was my greatest weapon. More at prayer like it was my best friend. More at worship like it was my sustenance. More at obedience to the King. I'm going to look less at anything else and more at the Savior. Because with God, we endure. Let's stand right now.
my desire is for us to have an environment where there are minimal distractions, where you have an extended period of time to, of course, praise the Lord, but to also communicate with Him. So fill in your blank. I'm going to look less at the and more at the Savior.